Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. You are in the gymnasium on this Saturday, the 9th of December. Lots to get to. We're going to be talking about the Bucks in a must-win game up in Atlanta tomorrow. We're going to be talking some other NFL divisional races and, of course, some college football. The number here, 877-448-7901. Best way is JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email and we'll get it on the show. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. We'll be right back to kick off the show. In the heart of Brandon, you'll find your local fine jeweler. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Stop by our new location directly behind our old building at the southeast corner of Robertson and Kings Avenue. Shop Macaulay's Holiday Sale. Going on now through Christmas Eve. 25% off all regular priced merchandise, excluding the previous loved case or the 50% off case. Make this year's holiday season extra special. Get to Macaulay Fine Jewelry, where we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece. Or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. The holiday sale is on now at Macaulay Fine Jewelry, 201 South Kings Avenue, in the heart of Brandon. Now, Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Bucks fans. Well, this is the weekend we get to have revenge against the Atlanta Falcons up there in Atlanta. If you remember the first time we faced off against them, we lost by a field goal, 16-13 at the end of the game. If we win tomorrow, or I should say when we win tomorrow, we're going to have the same record and we're going to be in a tie for first with Atlanta. So it's it's a must game for both teams. There's, uh, I believe, five games left. We have um, the Falcons, of course. We have the Packers, the Jaguars, the Saints, and then Carolina again. So I believe we need to win at least four out of five of those. Um, at Green Bay is going to be a tough game in the frozen tundra i think green bay is playing well right now and you know we're pretty much a a 500 team maybe a little bit less than a 500 team right now but we still have aspirations of winning that nfc south division because if you look at the record right now we're five and seven atlanta six and six and the Saints are 5-7 and seven as well. I don't think the Saints have what it takes to win the division this year. I think it's going to come down to us and Atlanta. That's why this game tomorrow is uh, the most important one that we've played all year. I know the Bucks are treating it like a playoff game if you listen to them. And quite honestly, they need to because if they lose this game, I believe all bets are off for that division. And then you'll probably see Kyle Trask out there uh, more times than not the rest of this season, giving Mayfield a chance to maybe heal his um, bruised leg a little bit and maybe bruised ego. 
But here we go. Both teams are having a hard time scoring points. If you look at what's going on with the teams, the Bucks obviously their record shows, you know, a five and seven team just isn't putting points on the board. If you heard what happened this week, there was some scuttlebutt about um, Michael Godwin comes down to he's not getting the ball enough. And it didn't come from him, really. It was something that his wife put out there on social media. It, it's frustration. To me, it's a lot about nothing important. There's no issues with Chris Godwin. There's no issues with you know, him and the coaching staff or anything else. What's going on, basically, is that the Bucks are throwing the ball less than they've been. When you have Tom Brady, you can go out there, maybe throw the ball 40, 45 times and get away with it. When you have Baker Mayfield, you're not going to be able to do that as much. Now, a lot of what's going on with Godwin is that if you looked over the last several years, he's been averaging roughly 120 catches for the season. This year, it's going to, he's on pace for 80. So you can sense the frustration. But if you put things in perspective, he's only caught eight less passes than Mike Evans. So again, if you look at what's going on with the metrics, the Bucs are just throwing the ball less. And you talk about throwing the ball less. Yeah, Mike Evans out there, he makes some big plays when he had to and in the game, but it was nice to see Godwin look like Godwin and run after he caught the ball. You know, some, some yaks, some yards after catch was really the way he used to play. And here's the here's what I see going on with that offense and, and Chris Godwin why he's not getting the ball Canales and Bulls they have him lined up in a wide out position now he's not used to the wide out position when he was catching more passes he was in the slot the slot he goes pretty much across the middle Baker Mayfield for whatever reason he's staying more in the pocket being told to stay in the pocket. And when he does that, he can't see across the middle with the people in front of him or does not want to throw to the middle for various reasons, like getting picked off for one of them. So he's finding Godwin maybe at the sideline by the chains where they're trying to get a you know third and eight. You might see Godwin catching the ball, like I said, on the sidelines. Those are the plays mostly that they're going to him, not going across the middle on a slant. Uh, Godwin's got the best set of hands on that team. I've said it before and I'll continue saying it. So if you're Baker Mayfield, if you're Canales, the offensive coordinator, or if you're Bowles, you have to find a way to get the ball into your playmaker's hands so that you can go back to scoring points. We're not going to win scoring 16 points a game, 10 points a game. It's not going to happen. Going to the final stretch here, we need to put points on the board. No, you look at Evans. He does make some big plays at some times, but is it me or does he just not look happy out there? Whether he catches the ball or, or makes a nice play or the ball is dropped or potentially the ball is not thrown in a place where he can catch it, he just, just does not look happy to me out there. He looks miserable, to tell you the truth. Now, it's a contract year for him. He's out there, wants to focus on his stats this year, focus on helping the team win however he can, and he is a true professional. And are they going to re-sign him? Well... 
That's probably why he's not happy, to tell you the truth, because he does not have a contract extension. Not quite sure if the Bucks are going to extend that after the season. I know we've talked about it before. Being 30, 31 years old, he wants a five-year contract. Now we're talking a 36-year-old receiver, which a lot of times you can look at the results of 35, 36-year-old receivers in the NFL, and it may not warrant the uh, contract numbers that Evans is looking for. So whether or not uh, he does get re-signed to a contract, we'll see. I hope he stays here. Another thousand yard season for him. So congratulations on that. Now, when we're playing, if you remember the first game, B. John Robinson did not play for Atlanta. Uh, he's their running back, the rookie star. They've been getting him the ball more and more. And you know, the Falcons have their own problems. So just like we have to get the balls to our playmakers, they have to get the balls to Robinson. They have to get the ball to um, Patterson. Mostly out of the backfield would be a helpful uh, job for Ritter, their quarterback. He does not like checking off. He doesn't like going out of the backfield for some reason. He doesn't feel comfortable with it, and I'm not quite sure why that is, but uh, in order for the Falcons to be able to beat us, they're going to have to make an attempt to get those screens to these running backs. Now, I want to say a couple things about some injuries. Now, both teams have injuries. Vita Vey is banged up for us. If he is not being able to go this week, it's going to be a long day for the Bucks defense because Atlanta will just run the ball on us the whole game. Uh, of course, we don't have Devin White playing, um, which may or may not be the worst case scenario. However, Levante David is back, which is going to help us. Uh, saying all that, the defense needs to set the tone again. We cannot let Atlanta's offense run all over us. The one thing that we have going for us in that situation is that the offensive line is banged up for Atlanta. Their center, uh, I believe he's taken some reps the last day or two, but he's been injured and he was doubtful. I think he will play, but their right guard, McCreary, I don't think he's going to be playing this week, which is a big plus for us on our defensive side. So um, we have to go out there. Every team is injured at this time of year. And for us to go out there and come away with a W, we're going to have to go out there and play as good as we can. We're on the road. Uh, we lost to them at home. So we have to go up there to their place and even the score. Um, Bowles, you know, from a coaching standpoint, he doesn't have to take timeouts into the locker room with him. Use the timeouts, coach. Do what you have to do. Challenges. You have challenges for a reason. So go out there and challenge plays if you think the situation presents itself. There really is no tomorrow. If you are taking this game as a playoff game, treating it like a playoff game, if that's what you're saying, then now show us what's going to be different in this game. You have to be able to go out there and stop the run from Atlanta in this situation, and you have to get the ball to our playmakers. And of course, like you've been saying all year, you, you can't have two tight ends in at the game at the same time for us. Put Godwin back in the slot. Keep Evans in the in the 
um, in the wideout. And if you have to use a third receiver, maybe Palmer. Palmer is the deep threat. He's the one that could stretch the field and maybe open things up for players like Kate Otten across the middle, potentially Godwin going across the middle as well. So let Mayfield do what he does best. Let him go out there and get out of the pocket, scramble a little bit, and let him make some plays. If he's healthy enough to play, then let him be healthy enough to run for a first down if it's third and two when he gets out of the pocket. Those are all things that good teams that make the playoffs have to do. Can we make the playoffs and you know win that division? Yes. Like I said, if we win today, if we win tomorrow, then we're going to be in a tie for first place, believe it or not, with the uh, Falcons with records of... Uh, uh, will be six and seven Atlanta will be six and seven so believe it or not we won the division last year eight and nine it looks as though it may be more the same this year and no this game is so important for not just the reason of staying neck to neck with Atlanta but also you look at the tiebreakers now the tiebreakers in order are number one head-to-head results we already know who won the first game of this matchup between these two teams. The second tiebreaker is division results. Okay, so we have to take advantage of those. The third is common opponents, and the fourth is conference results. So all those things matter in a tiebreaker situation. And if you look at it, the Bucks Canales' offensive coordinator needs to design some plays where we pass the ball more. Stop trying to run the ball. The reason, going back to the beginning, why Godwin's production is down and Evans for that matter as well is because we're not passing the ball as much. Bowles is telling Canales and the offensive game plan they have to run the ball so many times a game. And that's how the plays come in, and that's what's going on with the lack of production. So someone needs to sit balls down and say to him, listen, what we've been doing so far is producing less than desired results, hence the 5-7 and seven record. Because the scoreboard doesn't lie, and that's what we are. We're a 5-7 and seven team. With all saying all that, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on what the Bucks need to do in your opinion. I think they're going to go out there and win this weekend. Can we put two games together? We haven't done that in a while, but yeah, I think we can. So we um, need to, and I hopefully next time we'll be talking about how the Bucks won the game and what they did to secure a victory and then move on to the next game. It doesn't get any easier because after the Falcons, we go up to Green Bay, like I mentioned. Um, then we play Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a team that uh, I, I think they're down from where they're supposed to be. Not quite sure what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence up there. He should be back from his injury by that time when we're playing them in two weeks, but you never know. And then we play the Saints here, and we play the Panthers last game of the season. So our work's cut out for us in these last um, five games. We have to take four or five, in my opinion, probably as underdogs. We might be favored against the Panthers, but... You know, we have to take four out of five of these games to be able to get to the playoffs. We'll be right back to keep the show going. Shoot me an email, jimmybsports.com, and uh, we might get it here on the show in the next segment. 
The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160 That's 800-390-5160 Now, Now, back to the show Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show On Power 90.1 Welcome back sports fans Looking around the NFL We talked about the uh, NFC South Division As far as Atlanta and the Bucks going head to head You know the NFC East, they're, uh, they got the Eagles and the Cowboys in a showdown this weekend. That's on Sunday night, I believe. The Cowboys are actually favored by three and a half points, which I was a little bit surprised. Um, Philly beat them the first time that they played, although Philly just got beat by a tough San Fran team, so maybe that's what's going on there. But, no, it's going to... Um, the NFC East hasn't had a back-to-back champion, I don't believe, since Philly won four straight 2001 to 2004. So this game tomorrow between those two teams are going to go a long way in determining if that trend is going to continue because, of course, Philly won it last year. Um, Jacksonville, they um, lead the Colts and the Texans by a game. In the AFC South, now they have a tough road matchup against Cleveland, especially after Jacksonville's quarterback that we talked about, Trevor Lawrence, um, had that right high ankle sprain in the game on Monday night, lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. So now you have some teams that, um, you know, San Francisco's in, they have a 99% chance of winning the NFC West. Saying that, a lot of other things are, are up in the air right now. It gives you percentages. The Bucks' percentage right now to win the division is 21%. The remaining strength of the schedule is 24th toughest. So, you know, like I said, we talked about the Bucks many times. They've been there before, like last year. They have 33 players on their roster that won that division with an 8-9 record last year. So as much as they've looked poor at times this year, and there have been many times where they have, they're still in it. And, you know, their linebacking core, despite being decimated, if they can find a way to step up and win this game, then that's going to go a long way in the playoff picture. I would say that we have a... Now, better than that 21% chance of winning that division should we go out and uh, look good and get a W up there in Atlanta. Some other games, you have the Ravens playing the Rams. I look for the Ravens to win this game. Um, I, I think the Ravens, they're just pounding out big points. Five games of 31 points or more in a row. Um they beat the Chargers, 20 to 10 win. Uh, I, I don't, uh, you can't go against Lamar Jackson right now. I look for the Ravens to win this game, probably going away, to be honest with you, by about 10 points. You have the Lions over the Bears. The Lions are going to be on alert after needing a serious comeback to beat the Bears in uh, the end of November there. So, um, 
the Bears, I don't think the Bears have much to go ahead and you know, give the Lions trouble with, except in that division, whenever these two teams match up in that division, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, saying all that, I still would take the Lions. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I would take them to definitely cover that. You have the Bengals playing the Colts. Uh, I, I like the Bengals in this one. Jake Browning did a great job. Uh, he did a good Joe Burrow impression on Monday night, but it's not going to be that easy coming back in the short week against a strong indie pass rush. But I think that uh, the Colts' four-game winning streak, you look at, got to look at who they played. They played Carolina, New England, Tampa Bay, and uh, Tennessee. So I, I do believe that... Uh, I do believe that the Bengals are capable of winning this game, and I'm going to take them in this one. You have the Browns playing the Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's injury, you have a lot to look at when you're thinking about this game. I think the combination of a short week, you know, travel, 44 degrees, rain, um, Miles Garrett, and C.J. Bethard's uh, undoing. A lot of things to talk about with that team. Uh, I think that I would stay away from this game, uh, but I would think that the Browns would probably end up winning it. The Panthers and the Saints. Um, you know, you talk to some Saints fans, you see what's going on with them, and a lot of them are okay with Jameis Winston taking over for Derek Carr. Uh but you know what? Winston comes in. His one start was a 122-yard passing performance in a 27-19 loss in Minnesota that was 24-3 at the half. So Jameis Winston is what he is. He's going to make some good plays, and he's going to make some bad plays to go along with it. So you never know what you're going to get with him. I'm not particularly impressed with them. The Panthers, you know... Uh, Panthers are the Panthers. So I would go with the Saints in this one, although it would not surprise me if Carolina wins this game. The Raiders are playing the Vikings. Probably the toughest game of the week to forecast. The Vikings get Jefferson back, as you know, Justin Jefferson. Um, but he finds a new quarterback with Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is a quarterback, and it may take the two some time to get adjusted to each other and, you know, for Jefferson to get back in form. Then again, when uh, you play in the Raiders, it, it might not. They lost their pass rusher, Max Crosby. He's questionable, but um, although he's never missed a game, it, he may not be able to, you know, make the bell when, when they play tomorrow. So in this game, I would probably take the Vikings in this one. Seattle and the 49ers. We just saw this matchup, didn't we? Yeah, these two teams played on Thanksgiving, and it wasn't even as close as that score. Uh, I believe it was like 31 to 13 that uh, San Francisco won. Uh, Seattle, look at that team. They've also been blown out by the Rams and the Ravens, but they did have an impressive showing last Thursday at Dallas. Geno Smith, DK Metcalf and company. Um, they don't have a lot of time to prepare for this one. So I do look for San Fran to keep on rolling. And, um, you know, they may be the best team in the NFL. You could make an argument for San Fran being the team to beat. Buffalo and the Chiefs. Uh, the, Bills are had a, the Bills had a bye week. So they have a chance to, um, 
uh, look at their record, six and six, and probably one of the biggest surprises of the NFL season is the Bills being 500 at this point. Um, they ha- really haven't played that bad. They're just not closing out games uh, that would normally they would win, and that's on the coaching staff. That's on them to um, be able to get on the same page and you no know, make sure that they get the job done and. You know, next week, the Cowboys, they're going to be playing as well. So this is their chance to win. I think the Chiefs win this game, however. It'll be probably come down to a field goal, but KC at home is, is really tough to beat there. You have the Broncos playing the Chargers. Uh, you know, I'm not really quite sure what to make of the um, the lightning bolts there. 6 nothing win over the Patriots. It came after uh, three straight losses. Although the Patriots won on Thursday night, in those four games, LA's point total has dropped from 38 to 20 to 10 to 6. Now, the Broncos have had a strong second half under Sean Payton, winning five in a row before their loss at Houston last week, 22 to 17. And um, I think this should be a good game. I'm going to go with the uh, Chargers in this game. I think the Broncos are going to get cooled off. Got the big one, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't really touch this game. I, I think that's one of those games where in the NFC East, so many times during the course of a season, the teams will split, especially the better teams in the division. And, of course, the two good teams in the division this year are Dallas and Philly. Um, does this game matter? Yeah, it matters for a lot of reasons, like we talked about with the uh, tiebreakers. You know, head-to-head results matter, division results, common opponents, and the, the conference results. So I think if you look at this one, would you rather have Dak Prescott as your quarterback or would you rather have Hurts as a quarterback? Um, Philly's had a lot of chances. To, uh, the Cowboys had a lot of chances to win when they played in Philly. Um, but the Eagles' defense lately, they've given up a lot of points. I think 76 or so in the past two games versus Buffalo and San Fran. It's going to be a tough game. I think the Cowboys will most likely win this game for the fact that they definitely um, split during the regular season more times than not. Um, then you have the Giants and the Packers. I think that um, the Packers are going to probably win this one. And then you have the Dolphins, Titans. Dolphins are two touchdown favorites. They're going to probably win probably by at least more than the 14 points that they're favored Uh Want to take a question, Jimmy B, regarding the Bucks? At what point do you put Kyle Trask in there? When do you think the season is over if they lose at Atlanta this weekend? That was from Kyle from Ruskin. Kyle, thanks for the email. Here's what I think: Kyle Trask, he's going to have his chance, I believe. You know, Mayfield. Something tells me that he may have a hard time finishing the season with that injury that he has. Trask may be able to get the ball to Godwin a little better than Mayfield, only because Trask is 6'5", and Mayfield is not. So with that being said, I think that the Bucks have a chance to see what Trask can do, but only, only if there's an injury that Mayfield cannot go or 
if for some reason we're out of the playoffs, in which case you let Mayfield rest and then you put Trask in there. Thank you for the email. That That's a good one. Um, let me know your thoughts on any of the games that we talked about. Let me know what you think the best game of the week will be. And we'll be right back to keep the show going. Talk about some lightning when we get back. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797. 7096 or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, hockey fans. If you're a fan of the Bolts, what do you think about that last loss? 5-1 to one to the Predators. Now, we started off fine. We got the lead, but then all of a sudden, as usual, uh, the other team got a goal, tied us, and then we gave up two in the second period and and two in the third. Probably the most interesting thing about that game was Cooper uh, pulling Vasilevsky with 8.22 left in the game. The score was 4-1 to one at that point, and he, he pulled the big cat. So, you know, we're playing six-on-five hockey at that point, and... If you know Cooper, he's known for making those risky decisions, but uh, you have to wonder what the team's feelings were after you know, he did that. And quite honestly, what's going on with the Lightning right now is we're always playing catch-up, it seems. We can't string together. Now, we may put one or two wins together, and then all of a sudden we have a game where we totally get blown out, and that's just um, not like the lightning of past years. But you talk about it, this really isn't the team that we've had in the past years, and nothing says that more than watching Ryan McDonough score a goal against us on Thursday night. When does Ryan McDonough score goals? He had a little nonchalant backhand shot that... um, Know, gave them another goal and you know he was one of my favorite lightning players and we miss him so much on that defensive end of things I really thought they should have re-signed him I know that you know it's a business as well and um, but he's someone that does so many things on the defensive end of things that uh, you really can't replace a, a talent like that and, and what we did talking about Madonna is that we signed so many younger players to like eight-year contracts. I think we did Paul, we did Hagel, and you know the the veteran guys. We really uh, didn't do that. You know, it would have been I think the the sixth or seventh year if we would have uh, Cernak, Sorelli, and Sergachev. But the question is going to be right now. You know, are the are the bolts going to be able to get back to the ways of their own? I know it's still relatively early in the season, so I'm not going to get stressed and and worry about them as far as scoring points. I think they can score goals and points, but the problem is is the defensive um, end of things. You know, we're not 
We're not checking at the blue line. We're not doing that. Teams in, teams in the past that were good, we got up on the skaters coming into our end, and we made it very difficult for them to you know, make any type of assault on our net. We're not doing that this year, and I, I'm not quite sure with the new defensive strategy if um, that's you know, still haven't caught on to it or you know what's going on. But we're still in the wild card conversation, and as long as we're still in it, then that's what we're going to be talking about: how to improve and and how to um, you know keep on keeping on, if you will. As far as the game with the Predators, we just ran into a team that's been playing a little bit better and ran into a hot goalie there is Soros. So a hot team and a hot goalie is going to pretty much uh, be bad news for any team, and especially a team that is not taking advantage of their opportunities. Uh, we just couldn't cash in on many of them, and you know, that's what happens. You end up losing the game in the NHL when that happens. So we'll talk more about um, the Lightning as the season progresses, obviously. We'd love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to shoot me an email regarding um, your prognosis and your prediction for the rest of the season, I'm not going to start worrying until the end of January, February about this team. Shifting gears a little bit, how about John Rom and the LIV Golf Number three player in the world, you know, who's been an ardent supporter of the PGA Tour, announced this past week that he's leaving for LIV Golf. So, you know, he's going to be automatically become the face of LIV. And, you know, quite honestly, when you look at the money that the uh, investment group in Saudi Arabia is going to be given him, it's going to be somewhere between three fifty and six hundred million dollars. So, as much as you may not like the decision, and all the emails and texts pretty much have been saying uh, Rom's a traitor. He, he said he didn't want to go, and that's true because I'll tell you. I can read you a quote from um, this was a, a while ago uh, at the twenty twenty two U.S. Open. Rom says, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I have always been interested in history and legacy, and right now the PGA Tour has that. So that, that, was, that was just last year. And, you know, this was Thursday night, a couple of days ago, after his move to the IV became official. He said, yeah, it's one of the reasons. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's one of the reasons when it was asked what role did money come into play. Now, yes, if someone's going to offer you 350 to $600 million, then yes, you're going to go out there and you're going to take it. If not, then there might be something wrong with the way you're thinking because it's tough to turn down that type of paycheck. So five best players in the world right now. Scotty Scheffler is one. McElroy is two. Rahm is three. Kepka is four. And Smith is five. Three of those players now, three of those five players are now with the LIV Golf. And it's going to hurt the PGA. Now, aside from, who do you have? You have Tiger Woods, who's, what, 48 years old now? And he's definitely in the back nine of his career. And you have, um, I guess you have McElroy. McElroy just um, gave up one of his positions there. 
uh, with the uh, PGA Tour on one of the boards. Think about Rom. I always say this. He always wanted to play in the Ryder Cup. And I think that with him in the LIV right now, that probably won't be um, able to play. Although you never know because these things change. It's such a fluid situation with the golf on the time. But I, I think that if you look at what's going on with the LIV versus the PGA, all you can do is say, if your favorite player is playing on the PGA Tour, then you tune into that and watch him play. If your favorite player um, might be Dustin Johnson or someone on the LIV Tour, and maybe it'll be Rom now, um, it could be Mickelson, whomever it might be, then you find a way to tune in and watch them on whatever channel that might be, which is another story that we'll talk about another time. So it's very tough, but I think the story of the week with golf was definitely John Rahm dropping the bomb that he's going to the LIV. Uh, one other topic I want to talk about that's been very um, you know, hot this week is the NCAA football. We talked about last week as far as all of the... Um, Playoffs go, who the top four teams are going to be. Um, and of course, there's always going to be teams that are left unhappy when the final four comes out. And uh, it happened again. Of course, if you're a Florida State fan here locally, a lot of Florida State fans in the area, we finished 13 and 0. We did what we had to do to win the. Um, now game, the conference championship game, the ACC. But here's what it comes down to. It, say what you want. It's not the injury to the quarterback. It's all about money. And, you know, who owns ESPN? That would be Disney. And, you know, they're upset that FSU tried to get out of the ACC. And is there some political payback there? I think that has something to do with it. Now, saying that, I'm going to say this. You have two different ways of looking at who should be in those top four teams. You have the teams that deserve to be there, and then you have the four best teams playing. And they may not always be the same. So do you th really think that Florida State is better than Alabama? Um, I don't. Do you really think that Florida State is better than Texas? I don't think so either. So saying that, I would think that you look at what Florida State did, and I really do feel bad for the for the team, for the coaches. Norvell did a great job this year, and he's developing those players, I believe, both on and off the field. And I think that if you saw him running down the sideline uh, on with one of the players as he was you know, picking up a huge chunk of, of offense, probably their biggest play in the game. You know, he, he comes with intensity, and he's great for that program. Now, with, with the quarterback being out, their offense was unable to score points. The second-string and third-string quarterbacks are second- and third-string quarterbacks. So the TV channels, the, the stations, the, the ratings, the media, they don't want to see a 9-3 to three game or, you know, Florida State's defense is very tough, so uh, hats off to them this year. But people want to see points, and that's just the way it is. So did Florida State get screwed in this situation? 
you could say they did, and uh, you could put up a good argument for that. Are the four best teams in there right now? You could put up an argument for that as well. would love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. Let me know your playoff prediction, and next week we'll break down the bowl games. As always, guys, no, I appreciate all the emails and texts and um ran into someone the other day who listened to the show and they wanted to talk more about the Rays, um, the, what's going on in the offseason. I know there are some signings, Soto going to the Yankees, uh, Otani, what's going to happen with him. Um, I don't believe the Rays have a chance at Otani, but we'll see what happens. And we'll talk more Rays next time. But for now, have a safe weekend. Stay vigilant. And always thank you for listening. And stay positive. We'll talk to you next time in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.